Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Beyond 50 radio program. I'm Daniel Davis. How many of you out there usually get two, three, four, five, maybe even 12 hours of sleep and you still find yourself tired when you wake up? Well, you have to ask yourself a few simple questions, and joining us here on the Beyond 50 radio program today is the founder of Longevity Clinic. We're going to be talking about simple changes that you can make to enhance and dramatically improve your sleep, and in turn, your health, happiness, and outlook on life. After all, it's said that most of the time when we sleep, there's a lot of healing going on in the body. So I'd like to welcome the Beyond 50 radio program today, our guest and author of the book, Stop Waking Up Tired. Ralph Montague, joining us here from the United Kingdom. Ralph, thank you for joining us here on the program today. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me. Now, have you got plenty of sleep before the interview? Well, do you know what's actually really funny? Whilst I was just on hold to come on to the show, I realized my alarm to go to bed, which is at, it's quarter, well, it's 8 o'clock UK time, uh, kicks in at quarter past 8, and I thought, and I just realized, like, about 60 seconds before coming on air, my sleep alarm will interfere with this show. So I had to go and turn it off, because usually I get into bed about now to read for an hour. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this is a late night for me. <laughs> now, I'm told, uh, since you said read at night uh, before bed, is that a good thing when it comes to, to good sleep? Or is that something, because I hear sometimes people out there sort of discouraging the idea of reading before going to sleep. Yeah, there's there's a few different really interesting angles on this. I was having a chat with a taxi driver last night about this because he was complaining. He he asked me what I do, and then I I got onto this. So in a nutshell, anything that takes you away the last hour of your waking day, you're waking while you're awake, away from bright computer screens or anything highly stimulating. We'll come back to the stimulating book subject in a minute, but. The fact that a book doesn't make loud noises, doesn't startle you, like watching horrors and action movies. I, I, I banned horrors years ago, and then uh, I think about two, three years ago, I've, I've banned action unless I watch them in the day because they highly simula- stimulate you, all, all the, the flashing, the banging, the action. So... The fact that if you're reading for an hour beforehand, it's really good because it keeps you away from all the, the other things. Uh, so that's one reason I like it. Also, when you get into habits and cycles, for example, if I use myself in this case, when I get into bed and I pick up a book, my brain goes, ah, this is sleep time. This is the function. This is the process. So it knows that I'm in that winding down um, sensation. And then the third thing is, like you said, Picking the right book. So I used to, for years, read business books and get highly stimulated about marketing campaigns, sales. I used to have a a longevity and anti-aging chain of clinics. Um, We'd sell cryotherapy chambers and things years ago. So I would get myself really stimulated reading these business books just before I was going to bed. So you've got to pick the book right. 
But yeah, reading works really well and answers your question. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's really amazing too because I found that uh, I actually enjoyed reading because sometimes you'd find yourself kind of lulling to sleep and then you'd kind of wake up a little bit like, oh, you know, trying to keep yourself up to finish that paragraph or yeah. get on to that next yeah. because you're written. And then finally you just decide, well, I got to put it down and it's time. But I always found it to be very relaxing to read and that's why I kind of. Well, I had to ask the question, you know, is it true what these alleged experts <laughs> tell us that, you know, well, reading before you go to bed is just really not a good thing. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a few places, and I'm like, what? It's, a lot of the stuff, um, so like, a lot of the stuff I write about and talk about will work for most people, but I do have a caveat, it's not going to work for everybody. Uh, there'll be There'll be a lot of... All things will work for somebody, but not all things will work for everybody. Uh, it's like diet, and there's lots of there's lot, but generally it works for most people. Uh, and and the, I, everything I've done over the years has been highly tested on myself. Like if you you just five years ago, if you look at my journal notes every morning on what interfered with my sleep, what optimized it. Uh, you, you'd think I was a bit of a lunatic. <laughs> and I'd be like, I spend half an hour every day analyzing my sleep. Am I okay? Is there something mentally dislodged about myself? But it seemed to work out well. Now, here's another thing, too. Now, I don't know who decided this, how long it's been. Uh, I guess people want to call it a fact if they hear it enough. But the idea that we should get at least eight hours of sleep, is that true? That. <laughs> up with this whole thing yeah that's what i want to know yeah it, it is the one eight hours um certainly does the rounds now ironically i have tested this numerous times and eight hours is the perfect amount of sleep for me um so i'm, I'm going to be slightly biased on this but I, i'm actually i'm not going to be biased I'll, I'll be straight to the point Somewhere between seven and nine hours is for a, the majority of the population, nearly all people, the sweet spot for sleeping is somewhere between seven and nine. It's certainly not one rule fits all. Again, using diet as an example, it's not one rule fits all. But it is general thing. Like we know that for pretty much every single human, we know that sugar, high levels of sugar is terrible for us. Um, so that, and it, it comes back to sleep. There, there's so many studies being done. When you start going over seven hours, your emotional stability completely changes. Like you, you, you can become, and I've noticed it with myself when I haven't slept. I, I, I feel I can lose my temper. I, I very rarely lose my temper, but I can see myself I can, like starting to, I'm being a lot more easily irritated. There's the fact that you like driving is a great example. If you don't sleep, in fact, I, I, I treat when I'm tired as strictly as drink driving. If I'm tired, I don't drive because I know that the danger that I'm putting myself and others in, uh, whether they're in the car with me or, or strangers on the road. So I don't drive if I'm tired because I know how that will impact my, my driving ability. So, um, yeah. There's a lot of factors there. So seven to nine is the sweet spot. Once you start going under five, six hours, you really are going to see a, a big impact on your performance day to day. So what I recommend people do, and again, this, this will vary 
uh, on person to person, is just take a f- um, <clears throat> take a few days. Say to your colleagues, say to your family, uh, probably if you've got young kids, uh, don't disturb me. I'm going to find a, what my sweet spot is for sleep and just have a couple of days where you kind of sleep for as long as you want, catch up on any sleep. We can't replace lost sleep, but what we can do is get ourselves back into a reasonable place. And then from there on, once you've had those few days a full-on sleep, you can then get an idea of how long that duration of sleep is that you need to feel recharged. And um, for most people, you'll find it's between that seven and nine hours, though. Yeah, you know, because I can find, too, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, and I'm sure a lot of people out there will probably agree as well, is that when you get too much sleep, you actually can get up feeling more tired than you did before you went to sleep. And I remember some people, yeah, 12 hours worth of sleep. And I think to myself, if I sleep, let's say six to eight hours, that's more than enough sleep for me. And and because I dream a lot, I mean, it's like my mind just doesn't stay quiet, that my dreams even become irritating. It's almost though they're saying, it's time for you to wake up. Otherwise, we're going to just keep irritating the hell out of you until you do. (laughs) It's kind of funny how that works. (laughs) There is, I actually just finished reading an amazing book. I've read all his books. Uh, Michael Singer, and he's got a new book, Living Untethered. I say new book. Uh, I think he released it last year, Living Untethered. And he talks about the dreams are a process of how we release uh, trapped energy, trapped emotions within our body, and it comes up through the emotions into the mind. And dreams are a way of the body trying to release that from us. So I thought that was a really interesting take on dreams I've never heard before. And I was like, wow. So that, uh, that, that's something to think about. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that. How do dreams actually affect our sleep? I mean, for me, it also depends on the dream. There would be times I'll be in a dream and then I'll just come out of sleep and I'll just feel simply amazing. And then other times you can wake up and feel kind of troubled, maybe even depressed. Yeah, one, my my expertise doesn't lie in dreams, um, so I'm not one of the best people to talk about. Though I, I find dreams fascinating and I certainly enjoy them, I I view this very much from a, a productive, feel-good-in-yourself perspective. So what I love about sleep is it's the thing that determines the quality of your life. The, Stress and a bad diet are really key as well, but generally sleep is the number one, which is why I've become obsessed. I uh, like uh, very, very, very interested in the last decade on it. Let's let's just say that um, because of the power it has on us to feel so good, or also the power it has on us to feel pretty rubbish. Uh, and dreams, like I said, I have not been an area that I've really studied for that reason because it's my drive and my determination is how to optimize the sleep to wake up feeling amazing every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some habits that we should uh, have or let's say things we should avoid before sleep? I know one thing for sure uh, because I've experienced this is eating, especially eating a lot before you go to bed. That's never because that's my because favorite one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that one. That's like 
it's that I found that out five years ago, and I'm like, whoa, this is a game changer. Why haven't they? Why don't they teach this to us as kids in school? Yeah, that is that is huge. It's like all my friends joke if we're away or we're out, and they're like, oh, we can't eat now because Rolf will complain as past his eating time because my eating time is five to five thirty. So I like to be in the process and finish at five and, and and finish by half five to give myself a clear four hours because I go to sleep at half nine. Uh, I, I In my first book, Stop Killing Yourself, Beginner's Guide to Living Longer, I put three hours in that. I did that because I knew if I put four hours, people were less likely to listen to it. <clears throat> than if I put three, because we go, oh, I can just about do three, but four, they'd be like, no, no, I can't. So I had to go against what I really wanted to write because I wanted people to get benefit from it. But um, as this is a book purely on sleep, I, I do say four hours. And again, this will vary for individuals. Everyone needs to do a little bit of experimentation themselves to find out where their sweet spot is. But I noticed the difference between three and four hours. And... Um, the days I eat a big meal, the next day, oh, again, yeah, I know I've not slept well. I can really feel it. And then when you get that in tune with your body and sleep, you, I, I can take sugar and my hands, I can feel the swelling in my hands and feet. It's usually about 15, 30 minutes after I've taken sugar. It's, it's fascinating. There's all different things that you notice with the body and, and that eating late, that is probably one of my favorites because so many, I, the amount of times I've been on the phone to a friend at like eight o'clock and say, I've got to go and eat my, oh, I shouldn't have said I'm going to eat my food, you Ralph. Because <laughs> they know I'm going to uh, not have a go at them, but uh, give them a, a firm reminder, shall we say, do not eat so close to bedtime. So yeah, that's one of my favorites. Do you want a, a couple more? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you what the long-term effects on the body is from lack of sleep. I understand that if you go, as I've heard, like up to 72 hours, that you could actually start hallucinating. So I can tell if that's true, not that I've ever stayed up that many hours straight, but you can get a little delay and you start making bad decisions. Your judgment is just way off. So I could tell that that's one thing. But how about some other things that may occur if you don't uh, – get sleep or you lack sleep over the long term okay so uh long term not short term i i alluded earlier about the driving up from a short-term perspective um that is just what people know if you don't sleep the night before you can really you know there's something seriously up with you and you're not right uh, long term where do i begin early death <laughs> is that motivating enough uh Oh, yeah. Strong links to dementia, uh, really, really, really strong links to lack of sleep and dementia. The the fact that it affects the hormones responsible for satiation, so how hungry you are, um, by having those not functioning properly, so that the one hormone that turns on, uh, the ghrelin, makes you more hungry, so you're going to eat more. So simply by not long-term bad sleep habits, your hormone imbalance for your eating is all out of sync. With that out of sync, you will eat more 
and not just eat more. It's what when I'm tired, I and I'm all my food's organic from scratch. I notice I might pop over to the local supermarket and get something like a little bit, which I don't really like. And I have this weird tendency occasionally to eat rubbish food, and I'm like, this is so not me. What's going on? I'm like, oh, I didn't sleep last night. Very well. Okay, that's why. So, yeah, the quality of the food you desire has been proven in, in scientific research, and I can see it full on with myself, and, and also the fact that you, you'll eat more because you're hungrier. Your body thinks it's hungrier, so long-term, you will eat more. The quality of the food, so you'll, you'll gain weight, and then obviously we know all, all the issues that come uh, with gaining weight and rising glucose levels. Uh, and it generally leads to the world's most popular diseases, which is uh, inflammation-based, chronic inflammation. And that's not a nice way to end the rest, the last 10, 20 years of your life. That really is a miserable existence. And um, I have a mother who is in the final stages of her life with dementia, and she hasn't left uh, my parents' drawing room for two years year and a half, something like that. She hadn't left, physically left that room. She does, literally wow. does everything in that room. Sleep, the other S, uh, and then she just sits there all day. Hadn't even got up out of the chair, and she has a sling moving her across. And um, so, yeah, you don't want to be having things like my mum's got. It's a miserable way to spend the last 10, 20 years of your life. And they happen yeah. to people in higher, much, much, much higher amounts than uh, those who set well. Yeah, that's not an easy way. I was thinking uh, a lot of times, too, when people want to make up for a lack of sleep, that they'll take naps in the afternoon. Is that something that should be encouraged, or is that not a good thing? Or Funny enough, I was at a networking event last night, and I, I was speaking to a girl in the late 20s, and she was saying she did like two-hour nap. And I was like, at your age? Um... I, again, I've never been a fan of naps. Now, this is not to say they don't work for some people. I, I know people swear by them and they like it. I take the view, uh, and again, this will be for the majority of people, but not all people, but for the majority of people, if you're taking a nap, you're, uh, you're breaking the – you build up this um, – like build up a, a tiredness in the body throughout the day, and you want that to be at its peak come bedtime so that then you, you fall asleep easily and you're not waking up in the middle of the night. So generally, I don't think naps are a good idea. That I'm 42, uh, so I can't really speak for people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, I, I, I catch my dad napping a lot more than he's ever done. My dad's 78 this year. So I, I'm sure when people get into their 70s and 80s that um, the napping will increase. But generally, if you're in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, you sh if you're sleeping good enough, you don't need to nap. And if you then are napping, you're going to interfere with your sleep in the evening, your melatonin build up throughout the day. Um, you're going to set back slightly, not reset it completely, but you're interfering with that buildup of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone that sends us off to sleep. So generally not, but if it works for you, 
if it, uh, as the saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't break it. What's it? No, it's not, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. well, I, broke, sometimes, I was going to say, sometimes I actually enjoy an afternoon nap. It isn't often, and it's just mainly because it just feels good. You know, it isn't because I'm tired. Yeah. It just... And, you know, kind of get in there and uh, just enjoy it. You know, maybe read a book and then just take a nap. But it isn't because I'm tired. It's just because, like I said, it just feels good to relax like that. So, um, like yeah. you said, if it ain't broken, don't bother trying to fix it kind of a situation. So, uh, last yeah. but not least, there are a lot of experts and alleged science out there about, like, the right kinds of mattresses for people, stuff like that. What are your thoughts on all that? Ooh. That's a good question. I've done all sorts of tests on this. I I slept on the floor for a couple of weeks, and I mean literally on the floor, because <laughs> I wanted to see the difference in the the structure of my spine, hips, shoulders, and that was really interesting. I'm not obviously selling uh, this ideal that everybody sleeps on the floor. Far from it. Um, but it was interesting to see what it did to the structure of your body. After the first couple of nights of waking up in the middle of the night, because my body was like, why is the force, why, why is everything so hard, Ralph? But, um, and then once I got used to it, I'd wake up with the most, oh, my spine and body felt amazing, really good. Um, but that was a test. I didn't do that long term. So from a mattress perspective, uh, if we take a, a bed in its entirety, I, I'm a big believer in having natural fibers. A lot of the material, particularly these memory foams, they're covered in chemicals. And you are being exposed. Uh, there's a lot, they're called VOAs, volatile organic, com- uh, VOC, sorry, volatile organic compounds. And they off-gas your nose is close to that and you're breathing that for eight hours a night or seven to nine hours anyway. So you've got to be very careful on the materials that, that, that are used and some of the worst offenders, in fact, another a terrible offender is when they the, not all, but some mattresses have fire uh, retardant materials or coats or layers to it. And the chemicals that go in into that are incredible. So you, you don't want to be breathing that in. And the same goes for the frame. If you're using, or not your, if, if the manufacturers use strong chemicals, uh, whether that's like the, the stain or the paint, or obviously there's loads of different variations in materials uh, and, and finishes to bed. But be very, very, very mindful and aware what has gone into making your bed. So that mm-hmm. is very key. You also want ventilation underneath because ventilation is is key to not getting hot and sweaty. So I, I'd be very concerned on the type of materials that have gone into the bed because you're breathing that off-gassing in throughout the night. And I, I would take that one step further. I have an air filter in my in my bedroom and I turn it on for a couple of hours every night before I go to sleep. I used to leave it on throughout the night but when it comes to summer I need the air con or the fan because uh, it doesn't chill enough but in the winter I'll, I'll leave it on the whole night my air filter and then in the summer I just put it on for a few hours before bed and that's another way to ensure that you whilst you're sleeping you've got eight hours of breathing really good high quality air that's not polluted with all sorts of again volatile organic compounds dust 
uh, and, and other bits that um, are in the atmosphere that we're so unaware of because we can't actually see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important that you have the right environment when it comes to sleep. You know, it can't be too hot. I prefer the room to be a little bit cooler. You know, it's easy to pull a blanket up versus tossing and turning and sweating in bed. But, you know, a lot of good things to think about here when it comes to getting good sleep, solid sleep, and especially the long-term effects if you don't. How can people find out where they can get your book, things like that? Yeah, so um, I don't think you're going to be surprised when I say it's available on Amazon. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so, totally uh, surprised. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought, eh? A book on Amazon, yeah. I, it's so funny because, like, I remember in university, we used to go into a bookstore and buy books. It was, like, really bizarre. Um, but, yeah, so it's on Amazon, uh, and it's called Stop. Waking Up Tired, The Beginner's Guide to Sleep. And it, it's done like a workbook, so there's loads of questions and reminders and things. I literally just wanted to make it so simple for people that it was harder for them not to do any of the things so they can really benefit from it. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm a very uh, new addition to, to social media. Uh, I think I got it a few months ago. So that is at Ralphie Mondague. That's Ralphie with a Y, R-A-L-P-H-Y, Mondague, M-O-N-T-A-G-U-E. And if you've got questions or anything like that, add me on LinkedIn. Again, my name, Ralph Mondague. And uh, I'm always happy to get back to people with questions they have on, on LinkedIn. They can do the same on Instagram, by all means. All right on. Well, thank you so much for joining us around the program. I think I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> well, it's past my bed. i got to get into bed, surely, because it's, uh, yeah, I've got to read for an hour now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, my friend. And as my mother Brilliant. would always say, dreams, it's sleep that. tight, and don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> We want to thank you, the listeners out there, for tuning in. If you're awake right now, please visit us at our website, which is beyond50radio.com. That is the number 50. We encourage you to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. Stay up to date with what's going on in the world of Beyond 50, as well as upcoming shows. I'm Daniel Davis. Thank you for joining us. This is the Beyond 50 radio program. And remember, wherever you are is where you should be. Have a great day. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.